Hello, everyone, and welcome to Project Tech Gaming. I'm your host, Rob Garcia, and alongside me is Cover Malone. How you doing today, man? Tired. It's tired? <laughs> exhausted, tell me, tell me, dude. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your day. It was just rough. It was just a lot of uh, running around at work and then, um, you know, doing some stuff outside of work. So it was just a lot of rushing to, to get to where I'm at right now. So um, just a draining day, that's all. How about you? Listen, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You're, you're alive. You're in one piece, right? But um, You're right. I could have died. And yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I, I could have been dead. <laughs> but I'm not. Um, I'm here. Exactly. Um, guys, if you're joining us for the first time, we are the podcast that talks about uh, gaming. Uh, we bring you all the latest news and our opinions on the latest news that's co- coming up. So, yeah, welcome. Today, though, Kel, we have some pretty interesting pieces to talk about. And I'm just going to dive right in and get to our uh, first news. Sure. Nintendo slashes Switch, Switch production um, for the holidays. The ongoing chip shortage, which has affected nearly every electronic device on the planet, has forced Nintendo to grapple with production reduction. Production reduction. It's kind of a... Production reduction. Um, Nikkei... Asia reports that the Kyoto-based company will make 20% fewer Switch consoles to the end of its fiscal year, which wraps in March. All told, that amounts to about 24 million fewer units. All right? And that was from Kutaku. Um, That kind of sucks for people that want a Switch. Yeah, I mean... We, we've talked about this in previous episodes, right? Right. Where we, we talked about the PS5, NVIDIA, um, <clears throat> even Microsoft, right? They're all feeling the same ramifications with the whole shortages and the chips. Um, at least I think we, we it started like earlier this year, right? So right. here we are towards the end of the year and it's kind of like, you know, we're on the same situation here. And Nintendo's no different. I feel like they're, they, they're still, uh, all these companies are suffering from that same issue. Um I think, at least for Nintendo's point, I think they are still in a good place because, I mean, if you look at the next few months, right, they have, um, they just released Metroid Prime, They just, or I'm sorry, Metroid Dread, they just released OLED, the OLED Switch, they are releasing uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and um, Pokemon Shining Pearl, mm-hmm. um, they have Ar- Arceus or Arceus coming out in January, so they have a lot stacked up for them. Um, I don't think they're going to have an issue selling the consoles that they have right now in stock. The issue is obviously is, you know, uh, supply and demand type of thing, right? How are they going to kind of supply the demand for all those switches that need to be released, right? So that's the problem. Right. So, like, that's exactly it. Like, it's coming at the worst time as far as, like, because Christmas is coming up, right? And a lot of people Mm -hmm. want the OLED for Christmas. And right, I'm going to tell you right now, I have found it pretty easy to find a switch OLED. Yeah. i've been to a lot of stores and i went to best buy i went to target and i always saw a switch oled kind of just chilling there yeah so even when they like day one release like you were able to add to the cart like it was on gamestop pretty much for a couple hours like it wasn't just like a quick like 15 minute thing it was like no you can you can order this thing um I think the timing just kind of sucks that they're going to have to put, cut the production. It finally caught up to Nintendo. Um, I don't know, man. Do you think this chip shortage will ever end? Or do you think we're kind of this is just kind of how, how it is going to be? I mean, for now, I think this is just how it's going to be. Like, this is just yeah. 
the world that we live in at the moment. And I think all companies, like all the companies now are just trying to kind of work around it. So it's going to be like this for a while. It's going to suck. And in, in, even in video with the GPUs, right, we had such a tough time right. trying to get them in the beginning. And now, have you seen the prices for them now? They are insane. You can't even get one, dude. It's Worse insane. than before. I'm, I'm glad we, like, got our 3060 TIs when we did. Yeah. Because, like, there, you just you just can't, like, anyone that wants to build a PC, you just can't. It sucks. Like, it's the worst time to get into the hobby because you can't even get the parts. Right. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, we still had to pay a little bit over asking price, right? But it was worth it because, you know, you know we don't have to worry about it anymore, you know? But, right. like, but it's yeah. It's so, a little over asking price. I'm not, it's not terrible. But right, if you're going exactly. like, to, literally screw you're trying me, to, like, like, screw me over, then no, forget that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone's gonna have this issue. Um, again, PS5 is having the same issue. Um, and, and did you know that PS5 actually outsold the uh, the Switch in September, like right the, for the first time in like three years? And that's with all the shortages with exactly. PS5. So that's yeah. kind of wild. I, I find that extremely insane. Now, my last question before we move on to the next uh, news piece is: Do you think the Switch OLED is gonna be as hard to find as a PS5 or Xbox Series X? No. I mean, you said it yourself, right? You you can go right now to a Target and you can probably get one right now. We had no issues getting ours, and and we got ours. I think day like literally the day of pre order. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna have. I'm not sure why. I, I don't know why that would be the case. Why the OLED models aren't gonna be that tough to find compared to a PS5. It's not I, like a new new. It's not next generation. Sure, like, sure, sure. That might be why. it. You're right. Um, yeah. But it's still, nonetheless, it's still something that people are still looking for. And especially now towards the holiday season, it's going to be a, a huge uh, demand for it. So we'll see how that, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that the Switch hasn't been selling. I mean, it's been selling fantastic, obviously, but not like astronomical sales as much as like, at least for me, I, I'm thinking like the PS5 is like, as soon as that thing is out there, people are just scoping those things out like left and right. So fighting over it, literally like throwing punches for them and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I think because it's not the next generational upgrade, it's just like a, like a, a mini upgrade essentially. So and, like, and, it's and, still playing the same games, you know? Yeah. And then I, I, I just thought about this. There's so many SKUs for it too. You can get like the, the Switch Lite, you can get the OLED, you can get the OG yeah, exactly. one. So it's yeah, the, that's true. The point of entry is kind of nuts. But then again, look at the Xbox Series X. The Series S is still like, you can't get that e- anymore either. And that's considered like a next-gen console as well. But right. um, yeah, I mean, we just have to wait and see. But yeah, if you guys are looking for a Switch, I would get them like now before the holidays hit because you're not going to be able to get one during the holidays. Um, and me and Kelvin really like our Switch OLEDs. They're, they're, they're great. It's, again, if you like playing handheld, great console oh yeah um but kelf let's move on let's stop talking about the switch and we're going to talk about netflix gaming service is now available all right so netflix games will start rolling out um to netflix mobile app starting november 3rd so yesterday um well two days right now it's friday um among the game including their service is stranger things 3 the game (laughs) Uh, Stranger Things 1984, Shooting Hoops, Card Blast, and Teeter Up. It's only available on Android. So if you have an iPhone, you're out of luck. Okay. Another interesting piece to this, and you're going to hate this part. (laughs) You will not be able to use a wireless controller or a mobile controller like the Razer Kishi as as the games on Netflix games app use touch controls only 
when playing in the Netflix official app. And if you guys don't know what the, the Razer Kishi is, it's like the like controller you put over your um, your phone, and it, it's like kind of like a handheld. Um, it's already included in your Netflix subscription, so you don't have to like pay more or anything. It's just already there. Um, Kelv, what do you think about this? Well, I have more new thoughts because I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> I'm like that that was news news to me. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who the, who this is really for. That's the problem, right? Like is it for me, for you? Is it for like teenagers? Is it for like younger like a younger audience that, you know, they just come home from, from school and they just pick up Netflix and just start playing like these random like indie games? Like I don't know who this is for. Months even like day like day of release you know like they they announced this i think in july back in july or something like that or in june and we're here today that it's announced it's released and i don't really know who is this for um it reminds me of the remember the games that we used to play like miniclip.com or something like that right, like, right. like the flash those games. like flash games like that's what it reminds me of um which is totally fine if that's what they're, they're going for but right now the catalog of games that they have don't really speak to me for sure um, so I, I don't have any interest in playing these, but I can see this picking up speed and, um, just as long as they continue maintaining it and actually getting IPs that are worth people's time, but I don't know what their overall purpose of this f is for, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't see kids again, going from like playing their switch to then going to play and turn on Netflix to play some like flash games. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that these are like shitty games, but you know they're in the like smaller indie type games, so I don't know what that is gonna fulfill for them. You know what I mean? Is this Netflix testing the water, like testing the waters for for their platform? Like they're just kind of like doing only these few games and they're touch screen only. Um, do you think they will offer more and be able to add controller support? Yeah, I think so. I think that's gonna be something that. It's going to take some time for sure. Like right now, they just released what was five, six games. Um, very bare bones right now. But I think in the future, it's going to hopefully pick up. And as they start learning, as they start understanding the landscape and understanding like what people want and what works for them, I'm more than confident that they can actually make something out of this. I just don't know how successful this is going to be for them. This might be something that they just like, okay, this hasn't like hasn't like take taken off at all and we, we this isn't really doing much for us it's not making us any income any money so i think we're just going to keep this as it is we're not going to really support it as much um we're just going to keep it as like a side thing and just kind of you know an, an, another another incentive as to why you should keep your netflix account yeah i i think they're doing it the right way they're kind of like i don't want to say soft launching it because it's only available on android right now it's not available on iphone think they kind of like and the fact that it's not a separate subscription right like it's it's literally included with your netflix so you're not playing extra for it and if you want to just like pick it up and try it out great fantastic i think if they keep that up or like they start adding more games and someone just, and they offer it to iphone eventually and just like pick it up and try it, like oh okay this is kind of a cool thing to just like pass the time if i'm like at the airport or something like that just like waiting and playing this like little game and i didn't have to pay more money to play this game you know I think they're doing that right because a lot of other people, when they start offering these services, they start paying a lot more money and it doesn't work that well. Again, uh, Stadia and, and Luna, right? And it's smart that they actually don't do the controller support yet because, again, remember that lag 
the input lag with everything that's still very very it's it's not perfected yet um so i think netflix is doing a good job by doing only a few games at a time and just like slowly picking these indie games to roll it out yeah i agree i think I, I think you said something uh, true as well. The the easy entry point to this is, is great because, like you said, it's included into into your Netflix account, so you're not paying extra for this. So why not why not try it out? Like you said, if you're at the airport and you're just like trying to kill some time, why not just give it a shot? So I think that's a easy way for people to just kind of you know try it out and then have them reel in and see what they have. But because they have such a small catalog of games, I feel like not many people are going to stick around like if they yeah. came out with a decent amount of games that had that speak to a lot of people and maybe some familiar games that people would know um this might be a little bit more enticing for them but because they have such a small catalog i don't know people are right. going to try it out and then just like all right whatever like they probably right. won't even, they will forget about it or something you know yeah again one positive too is that it's in one app it's not you have to download the netflix games app sign in there it's just it's right on the netflix app easy boom just go to the, the tab games done. So um, again, I think they're doing a great thing right now. Just keep it slow and then we'll see how it progresses. Kelvin, we just finished watching the Elden Ring 15 minute gameplay video. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I was pretty blown away by it. It looks incredible. Uh, your thoughts on um, Elden Ring and what, what we're going to be getting in February. I love what we just saw. 15 minutes worth of gameplay, and it did not disappoint, right? We we saw a lot, which was great. We saw this open-world take that From Software is, is trying to get, um, you know, the Souls-like games that they, that they create into now because most of them have been very linear at times, right? This right. one is very open-world. This one's very kind of like, uh, I guess people call it like... Um, Breath of the Wild-esque, sure, right? So this is very interesting. Like, they, they're making this Souls-like open-world game, and the things that we saw in that were, like... I mean, it's still very Souls-like, right? Everything looked very oh, Souls-like. It, it honestly took... It looked like so much like Dark Souls 3 to me. Like very, Right, right. Very close to Dark it Souls It kind of reminded 3. me of Sekiro, though, more so, because of the like the, the foliage and just... Uh, the palette they used was was kind of similar to that and it was a little bit faster in my opinion i think the speed and in, in which you you attack and fight and stuff like that were, was definitely a little bit more of the there was more variety side. of attacks too which was nice mm-hmm. it wasn't just strictly attack like you know just you're kind of set to a only particular move set you really use a lot of magic there's a yeah. sh- there's a ton of magic that and, and that's the thing that sucks about soul games is like you can do magic but it, it seems a little more like limited as like the magic you can do versus like the the melee stuff this game the magic looks insane yeah um and i love that you can just kind of summon your horse and traverse through the land just like out of nowhere if there's a hill like a huge mountain that is in front of you there's these like points where you can just like literally jump from where you're at to up on top of the hill like it just can we talk about the horse like how it can jump like that wild it, it, right it, it, it like floats in the air it's weird it can like yeah i like the little t- double jump that it does like the little hop it does in the midair like i think that's pretty cool so it's like a spectral horse basically is what basically what it is that it's just now do you think we're gonna get 
more different mounts in that game like do you think we're going to be able to ride different things or it's just going to be strictly a horse i think it's going to be that horse alone i, okay. I don't think you're going to be customizing different types of like uh you know ways to traverse through the land or anything like that i think that's so no drag we can't ride on dragon's backs it's not gonna that would be really fucking cool but i doubt it <laughs> you saw that fucking dragon that shit was pissed it was fighting you and it was trying to kill you yeah. I, again, I doubt you'll be got, riding that i got more um more skyrim vibes from from this in like breath of wild honestly that it could be the dragons that really but when sure. you're fighting that dragon it, it looked so like third person skyrim but like way better it was so ah and can we talk about the enemies like i think they do such a fantastic job yeah. of whatever Design. they 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 put into these characters like they really put a lot of care and time because they like these are these are enemies that you would just never think of and it would just no. be in a mind of some sick twisted person you know and you can tell too with every every game um, that which where the enemy is from from which game. It's not like it's like a generic enemy. It, the, they're really like oh that that enemy's from Dark Souls one. That enemy's from Bloodborne. That enemy's from Sekiro. You know, it's not just yeah. like they just like, kind of all m- mixed in one. Um, I did notice that. I mean, this is not knocking it off or anything, but a lot of the animations were very similar to previous enemies, right? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. They lose. It almost seemed like they use the same character models as the previous iterations. Yeah. Um, Not a bad but, thing, but that's no. just something that I, you know, I caught. Um, I did notice like a little bug um, when the character was just kind of standing there. The sheath of the sword was like going through his cape, like split, like literally, like coming like through it. And mm. I was just like, okay, they'll fix it. And then again, some of the texture, sometimes some of the like the sword fighting was like a little wonky. The blood coming out was was a little weird. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's all going to be fixed, and they're not perfect. The Dark Souls games, when it comes to like the bugs and stuff like that, so no. Uh, a lot of the magic, going back to magic, some of the cool things that we saw were like you, you were you're able to summon, um, like yeah, like familiars, cool, yeah, like, yeah. I think that was pretty cool, especially when you're fighting a boss. Um, it just kind of makes it really uh, engaging, and it makes it a little bit more fast paced because while you're summoning this character or this monster or something that enemy is attacking whatever you summoned and you're able to just kind of like maybe reflect or like think like just relax for a second if you're just like getting trampled as like the enemy's fighting that that summon that you have so a lot of different things that i've noticed and i'm like really interested in i just i i'm i'm okay with them taking their time with it february is around the corner basically so i'm i'm okay with waiting for a few more months uh, I'm excited for this. I'm just kind of nervous to like get in this because you know me, I, I I barely have time as it is. So for me to, I'm almost done with Metroid Dread right now. You know what I mean? Like while meanwhile you beat it like five fucking months ago. You know what I mean? So I, I'm afraid that I might not finish this, but I'm definitely gonna stick to it. I I can tell you right now, I'm gonna be a crackhead with this game. I just as soon as I saw this trailer, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm, you got me, sign me up. I'm gonna beat this in like two weeks so i don't I, all right all right two weeks bro right, let's right, fucking right, be right, real two and a half weeks we'll, we'll, we're gonna put the call right on. now two and a half weeks I'll beat this listen game. listen i remember a time when we had bloodborne and you were straight garbage remember that <laughs> no 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 this is what happened it wasn't that i was garbage we began the game we basically started at the same time and the first boss you couldn't get you died you couldn't I, get past him right. and i just i even died just once i'm like dude this game's easy easy well you didn't just, die i didn't die once you didn't die boss, from the I first died. boss no i didn't the whole first level i did not die once get the so fuck I'm like, out of here in my head i'm like easy game like 
what? They said from software <laughs> games are easy, whatever. It, it was like one of my first from software games. So we're going through, you're struggling. I'm just going, and then we get to the second boss. The second father, father G was the name of the boss. He humbled you real quick. <laughs> oh my, again, you, you were to beat him and you blew past. And I was stuck on him for like four days straight. Like he would bring me to tears because I was like, <laughs> I can't fucking beat him. I can't. And then I finally did it. But I, that, I think that's when it was. They broke my spirit. It broke you, like, dude. It, it broke, broke you. Cause then there were times where you couldn't fight that you couldn't beat the enemy. So I had to no. like join your, your session and, and help you. So, um, so I'm excited. Oh, did they show anything? They didn't show anything about like how you play like multiplayer, right? Like how you play. They like, they didn't show how you actually summon somebody. Like man, it, it seems like a summon. It seems again. like it's the same though, right? Yeah. Yeah, just you bring someone in and they help you out. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's it's it sticks to the lore and like how you can get people in there. But um, the, I like the fact that it, it's available. The co-op is available. Sure. Will you be playing this with me, or are you just gonna yeah, fucking crack at it? No, no, you're just gonna. No, no. I'm gonna. Like, hey, I Rob, mean, I just beat the, beat the first boss. Oh, really? I'm in the fifth one now. Like, what the fuck? I'll come. I'll come join and kill, kill the boss. That's what I like about Souls games. Like, yes, they're extremely hard, but if you want to enjoy it, you want help, you can have someone just come and help you and beat the boss. Yeah, nice. and even though you're like you know hours ahead of me, like you can still just kind of jump into my session, help me beat my boss, and then we can just kind of continue on with my you know with my playthrough, which is pretty cool. Listen, this might be Bloodborne again. It might be I might be thinking I'm cruising along, and then I get stuck on one boss, and then breaks my spirit, and then you know. yeah. I think the only thing that again scares me about this game is how open world it is. I mean, they showed the map, and I think it looks very like it's pretty lengthy, it's pretty hefty. Um, so I'm afraid I'm just gonna be like another. A different type of crackhead where i'm like looking at everything I'm, oh i have to go here i have to go here like oh i can't go to the main um you know i can't stick to the main path because there's like this treasure box over here that i have to find like i'm afraid that i might get to that point yeah you have like adhd when it comes to games sometimes so you're just like yeah. here, 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 here. and i'm just like just take out the objective just yeah <laughs> we have totally different places polar, polar opposites yeah um yeah anything else you want to say about the gameplay that we saw again guys if you checked it out it's, it's out now it's the elden ring 15 minute gameplay video um, if you want to get hyped for this game, watch that video. Um, I think the last thing I'll say, I, I didn't have to see this. I, I think I was already stoked for this. <laughs> like I was like already set in stone on buying this. This just kind of added to it, but I didn't need to see this because I was like already set. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying I, this I needed, day one. I needed to see this. I so I because at first I was like, okay, I'm gonna get it. It's a from software game. I get. I usually yeah. get all the from software games, but like for example, Sekiro wasn't like super hyped to get, but I got it. This one. Now that's all the gameplay. I'm like, yup, this looks fantastic. Yeah, this might be might be second to Bloodborne. Maybe mm-hmm. even, maybe even better than Bloodborne. We don't know. Stop, stop. You're talking nonsense. We don't know. All right, uh, Kelv. Last piece of news for today: uh, Overwatch Two and Diablo Four are is delayed to two to 2023. Just a little tidbit for you guys here: Overwatch Two and Diablo Four have been delayed. Blizzard Entertainment announced on Tuesday. Those highly anticipated sequels may not be released until 2023 based on comments made during Activision Blizzard investor presentation. Quote, while we are still planning to deliver a substantial amount of content from Blizzard next year, we are now planning for a later launch for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 than originally envisioned. Activision Blizzard said Tuesday, these are the two most eagerly anticipated titles in the industry, and our teams have made great strides toward completion in recent quarters. 
but we believe giving the team some extra time to complete production and continue growing their creative resources to support the titles after launch will ensure that these releases delight and engage their communities for the long term. What do you think? Did we have a release date for Overwatch 2? No. But they did, delayed did, it. Are you saying, did we have one? Yeah. I don't think we did. Because I don't think they, I, I don't remember them having one. So they delayed a game that was never, that they just never had a release date. Is that what mm-hmm. they're doing? All right. Well, regardless, I, I think they, that, that was a good, good call on their end. Because one, I don't know anyone that is hyped for Overwatch 2 or Diablo 4. And I think it's because of all the issues that Activision is dealing with right now because of all the, you know, the work yep. environments and, and all the stupid shit that they're doing. Um, I think they need to take a step back, work on, you know, helping their employees and, and making their work environment a much better place before they even start releasing anything. Because anything they try to release right now besides Call of Duty is going to be probably, you know, like ridiculed and it's just not going to get the attention that it deserved or it deserves. Right. So yeah, they're, they're just in a bad place right now as far as uh, an employee standpoint, right? Like it seems like people don't want to work for them. Um, I actually read a comment about this and it really resonated with me. Um, it was saying that, you know, starting out blizzard was this like amazing company being able to provide these amazing games. Um, and they were like the company to work for, right. Mm. Cause of world of Warcraft, um, but as they got bigger, people, they started losing sight of like what like made those games, you yeah. know, like as far as looking at the people that are they're helping you make those games and those people moved on, right? They went to different uh, developers and different companies. So sure. now like they're left with like kind of bare bones and being with people that are like, this place sucks. You know, like they're not, I feel like they're not motivated to work for this company uh, because of the way they've treated women and all that fun stuff. Yeah, we kind of we we never really talked about the whole issue with Activision. I, we just thought it wasn't our place to do it, and we weren't we didn't have anything to add to to the issue. Um, but I I just think that it was just sickening for them. I felt like it was like a frat like club. You know, what that's I mean? what they were saying. Yeah, it's like like you know, not everyone that works there, but no, not everyone um, there. But they had yeah. a, a a good a pretty toxic um work environment there. So again, they need to work. You know, they need to figure that out first, and I think they're striving for that like they've i've heard things that they they've been changing um their um you know some some of their some protocols and things like that that they're able to manage and it's it's look it's looking like it's it's getting better obviously it's going to take a while for them to get to where they need to be and going back to the announcements here with overwatch 2 and diablo 4 i think that again they need to sit back think about okay we have a lot of things on our plate right now. Let's get this situated first and then start figuring out. Because another thing about Overwatch 2 that I didn't really like, mind you, I'm not a huge Overwatch fan as it is, but it looked like Overwatch 1.5, right? Overwatch yeah, 2 did like not look like anything different. It didn't 100%. do anything different. So maybe this would be a perfect opportunity for them anyways to like, okay, what can we do to make this not feel like an update, like a huge update? You know what I mean? So if they can do that and make it stand out and not feel like it's just like a another update for overwatch then i think that they can it'd be a win-win situation for them yeah almost like the release reminded me of like when wii u was announced mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. when the wii u was announced people were like what is it <laughs> is it right. Wii?" like yeah. when overwatch was like over now overwatch 2 was announced they were like 
What's is this? Is this Overwatch One? Like it it's, looks like. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. But yeah, yeah so. Um, yeah, I think we just, I think they did the right thing by delaying them because of the shit that's going down at the company. And, uh, hopefully those games come out and they're going to be amazing and we'll see. Yeah. All right, Kel, we are going to move to our next segment where me and you have a conversation, um, in PTG talks. Uh, All right, Kel, this week on PTG talks, our conversation is going to be are directors tied to their IPs? Can the IPs be successful without them? The reason why we picked this topic or this conversation is because we read an article that said, can Smash live on without Sakurai? I'm just going to quote an article here about you know that, that question. Um, Sakurai said that while he isn't thinking of a follow-up he can't say for cert- certain that Ultimate is the end of Smash. Apparently, he and Nintendo need to discuss and ser- seriously consider how a sequel could be a success, considering Ultimate has been a bestseller for the company since launch. If another Super Smash Brothers were to come, Sakurai said it, would prob- it probably couldn't be done without him. Sakurai said he currently doesn't see a path in which Smash, in which Smash can exist without his involvement. He even mentioned Nintendo attempted to hand it off to someone else, but it didn't go well. Mm. Whatever that may mean. So, Kelvin, floor is yours. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I can't picture a timeline where we have a Smash Brothers game without Sakurai, right? I I, I just think that. It, it doesn't have the soul that Sakurai puts into it. And I think that um, these games are built specifically from those creators because they they do something. They, they have this creativity in them that can only speak, can only can only flourish when they're doing something, when they're doing it themselves. You know, if someone else were to take it, take like, like take over it, I, I just feel like it just doesn't have the same. Uh, creativity or the same vision that they would have like and, and and that's in anything right but specifically for this game it's like Metal Gear Solid like we talked about it before too right like you can't have Hideo Kojima without Metal Gear Solid and we saw that actually happen With, right uh what was the name of that the one that released after uh Metal ah. Gear shit um, we'll look it up I'll look it up but yeah, yeah. You, you can't have it just wasn't the same. It, like you said, exactly. It survive. Soul. Survive. Metal Gear Survive. Thank you. Yeah. It lacks soul. Yeah, that's the bottom line. So I, I don't see a future in Smash Brothers without Sakurai. Now, so what does that mean for the future of Smash Brothers, right? I think right. that it means we either have two things. We either have a soft reboot of the game where we kind of have just a few characters. We're obviously not going to have everything that we have mm-hmm. now in Ultimate, right? We can't. There's no way they're going to license those IPs again. But um, do, but then I do you see like the problem with that is there's going to be obviously people that are going to cry and, and moan about that, right? Be like, I want the characters that are in Ultimate into this game. Like I I had Sora in this game. How come I can't have him in this game? I had King K. Rool in this game. How come I can't have him in this game? It's going to be a constant. It's going to be like all over again, right? Yeah. Where like it's so how does Sakurai kind of navigate that to do the soft reboot? without like he almost needs to make it seem like a completely different game right Right. yeah and i think that that's going to be a 
a really long conversation between Nintendo, Sakurai, and whoever else is involved, Bandai Namco, whatever. Um, I think they they need to really, if they do a soft reboot, maybe switching up everyone's um, move sets and. I don't know. I don't know where they can go from there. Maybe instead of adding third-party games, kind of branch out a little bit more. Maybe start adding. I don't want. I don't want this to happen. Just let me just be clear. But start adding like anime characters. I don't know. It sounds ridiculous, and I don't like that. But I'm just right, saying. Right, right. I'm, all I'm just saying is thinking outside of the box and what will really separate Ultimate from this game. You know what I mean? I'm not saying anime is the way to go. That was just you know me just kind of throwing something out there, but. Something that would really distinguish this game from Ultimate. You know, another way they could do this is just fucking re, just keep releasing uh, Smash Ultimate all the time. Just remaster it. I mean, if this is the Ultimate Smash Brothers, if you just kind of release it for like, let's say Switch Two, I'd be totally okay with it. You know what I mean? Just give me everything that Ultimate had. This this game is the melee of this generation, basically, right? Like you have people playing melee still right they don't necessarily yeah. play brawl or smash bros wii u or even the, the original melee right. is like the one that's like the gold standard that like everyone compared to mm-hmm. this is the melee ultimate is the melee of this generation so like 10 20 years from now people are still going to be playing ultimate 100 percent. Right? yeah um and like i said like it's a testament to how great that game is but also it produces a big problem because like where do you go from here which is what you know how how do you where do you go so, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree 100% with you. I don't think Smash Brothers is Sma- Smash Brothers without Sakurai. Um, and, and I don't know, with IPs, it kind of, that kind of sucks in a way, right? Like for the IP and developer, it's like you can't ever separate yourself from that. And like if you want to move on to something else, you can't. Right. Um, let's, let's take another example. Corey Balrog. He's not the director anymore for God of War. But the person he entrusted it to, I don't know who what his name is, I, I forget, I'm sure. sorry. Sure. Um he's like, no, he's he's got this. And from what we've seen so far from the trailer, it seems as if Corey still made the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I think it, it it's hard to separate yourself from essentially your baby, right? You you helped build this very successful IP and you have some uh, like you have a very strong attachment to it and now if you want to do something else you either one you can't because you know you're tied with it because it makes too much money and now the company that you're working for just wants you to keep making this and no one else can know how to make it except you or you're just like I don't want to do this anymore but there's something I can't let anybody else touch this because this is this is what I made and nobody else knows how to make this except me as selfish as that sounds. Again, going back to Hideo Kojima, how many times has he tried not to make another Metal Gear Solid game, but he just kept coming back? Whether it's from Kojima or, or Konami that, that was forcing him to do it, or just because he just didn't think anybody else would be able to fulfill that same um, you know, Metal Gear Solid lore that he's helped create. Um, that's, yeah. that's the problem, you know? And if you think about it, like, that all that is from his mind, right? Like right. you can't, it's not like someone can just like pick it up and be like, just make the sequel. And, but it's like, they can't because they don't have his mind <laughs> as, as weird as that sounds. And as like dumb as that sounds, that's, that's a hundred percent it. Like they don't have the imagination that Hideo has. So right. it doesn't, it doesn't work. But f- for, for some other games, it can work. It just really, 
depends. Like, for example, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you try and get someone else to direct Kingdom Hearts, man. <laughs> man. Like, Nomura, like, there's no way someone else is... There's no way someone's... No, no, it's not going to happen. Because the storyline's so convoluted and convoluted and just like yeah those are very distinct um games right you have like your kingdom hearts you have your metal solid you have um your smash brothers where they're very tied to the creator um you went you said you mentioned god of war god of war is a little different if you think about it because david jaffe he was the the first one that created right, god of right, war one right. right but this is basing off of something that's already been done before greek mythology right so th- they have a premise of it whereas these games the, the, again like you said these are built from the ground up from someone's mind from someone's like you know creativeness imagination. exactly yeah. imagination so this is for them to hand it off to somebody else that does not have that same appeal, that does not have that same creative like mindset, it'd be tough. God of War is a different story. You can have somebody else that is very talented, but still kind of keeps that Greek mythology or whatever Norse mythology, whatever it is that they're trying to do. But it's still, it's already been written for them. If that makes sense, you know. Right. Um, another good example is like the kind of Halo. Right. Halo mm-hmm. was Bungie. That's that's Halo. Right. But then, obviously, Bungie was like, we're done. And uh, 343. Now, don't get me wrong, 343, a little bumpy. But it seems like they're they're doing okay right now with, with the... It, like, it's not a complete failure. I think that it really depends on the IP. It really, truly depends. It does, yeah. It sucks, but... Like, it, like for example, if you built... If you... We always, we always joke around, like, oh, like, we can definitely make a a video game because we just know what players want and stuff like that like if you were a director in a video game and you help build this game like from your mind completely from like you know everything from character models to story to everything to graphics whatever like if you try to give this to somebody else you would feel some type of way not just selfishly but just because you don't think that anybody else will be able to keep that same mindset and stuff that you want this game to 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 kind of show or to give the players right right yeah i i really do think that as selfish as it is for sacrifice like no this is this is mine and and either this is mine it's for the best it's it's honestly for the best because you don't want to see that you don't want to see that thing be be destroyed right you don't want to see that thing be tarnished because it's like you know that that other person is not going to see your vision and what made it special and who knows we don't know what exactly happened with nintendo and sakurai as far as like them trying to give the ip to somebody else and it didn't work out um it could have just very well been where sakura was like hey here take it it's yours like you you do what you got to do with it and then the end result they probably kind of did some test build or something and it just was not what you know nintendo or sakurai approved of it lacks soul so yeah it's it's tough it's a it's a tough predicament i can definitely see uh developers really having issues with that or or like directors i should say and video games but yeah i i don't think you can have metagree solid i don't think you can have super smash brothers i don't think you could have uh, kingdom hearts without their respected um you know creators you know again and and that's a thing too it's like with metal gear like we we want metal gear a new Metal Gear game, but people aren't saying they want Metal Gear Solid Six. They no, want no. Met, they want Metal Gear Solid Remake. They don't right. they don't want Six because they know that unless it's Hideo Kojima, mm-hmm. we don't want it. 
Right. We don't want it because it's not it's not, it's not that's not Metal Gear. And we know it's not going to happen. You know, we know Hideo Kojima is not going to be making another Metal Gear Solid uh, game. So that we're 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 okay with having just another remake. You know, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um. And again, eventually. Uh. Again, that's probably what might happen with Super Smash. Is it might be a remake because that's the only way it lives. It lives on. I'm totally okay with that. Like, what about you? I'm Do okay you think... with it too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for. You know, like we got spoiled with Ultimate. Like, yeah, 100. Make us, make us suffer again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but even if they they remade the game, uh, let's say we, you know, next console, we're not gonna have the Switch in 10 years, right? We're gonna have like another iteration, Switch Two or whatever, whatever Nintendo console, right? Um, just give me another ultimate game with maybe add like a DLC with like different skins for characters and stuff. And I am sold. Like, you know, like again, ultimate is the ultimate smash brothers game. And for them to, it'd be very bold of them to do what I just said, where they scratch all the game from like start from start over, make everybody else's movesets completely different and just have like 12, like you know 20 characters tops or something like that like that'd be ballsy of them to do and listen the only person that can pull that off and do it is sakurai the only sure. person that can do it because he knows he envisions he's like this is how it lives that's the only way yeah how about if they did that right give us like 20 characters but actually really dive into an adventure mode like how they did with uh was it brawl that had the adventure mode or was it melee uh brawl. brawl had it the brawl. Uh, i forget the name of the the, the adventure mode but yeah, it, uh, yeah um it but no even melee melee had that adventure mode too you know what yeah I'm it had about, the adventure right? mode where you went to everyone's respective worlds yeah i thought that was fantastic right Obviously, i thought that was fun i i was kind of disappointed with a world of light and ultimate because i'm like yeah. this just feels like a board game and this is kind of boring so what if they you know they, they they stepped it back a little bit they obviously gave you less characters um but they they take more time in the story mode aspect to it where they give you a good fleshed out story like adventure mode or something like that and they kind of really hone down all. yeah that'd be i mean that'd be i mean still make it the competitive game that it is but give a storyline like i know everyone's like wants like a super smash brothers movie but like if we have the story in the game then that kind of fills that that scratches that itch so yeah that's right. a good point man i, I mean like look that. how much time and budget it takes for them to make all these characters and have them align with each other and then even reveal trailers like those add up they, they spend a lot of money doing those things so if they spend that money into like actually making bringing back this trophy system like that was fantastic i love I the love trophy the system stickers are you know? all right like yeah not but you can't like trophies you know you can't compare it. but if they did that and they added a little bit more content when it where it needed to be added where which is a story and like stuff like that or even like some of the modes maybe they can change up the modes a little bit i think that would be a compelling reason to make another smash game i agree with you 100 percent, man um i already can't wait for the newest smash game even though we just <laughs> finished up ultimate so um yeah i guess to sum it all up it really depends on the ip it really depends on the IP, uh, sure. on, on what it is. Um, a great example is Apple, right? I'm not saying it's an IP, but a company, right? Sure. Steve Jobs was Apple for the most part. But then, you know what happened, and then uh, Tim Cook took over, and Apple's still the most you know successful company there is. Right. But it's under a different helm. Would it still be successful under Steve Jobs? Yes, 100%. 100%, yeah. It, it really depends. It depends on what it, it came from the imagination of that person. Right, um, yeah. All right, Kelf. Well, uh, I think that's ends our podcast for today. Anything else you want to add? 
Um, I'm gonna actually be live streaming tonight. Uh, I'm thinking like nine ish around there, probably. Um, I'm gonna be doing Mario this time for Super Smash Brothers, the Road to 89. Well, when you say tonight, you mean that Thursday night, like yesterday, oh, right? Darn it, yes, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So there would be. I keep forgetting that's the thing. So yeah, there there should be a live stream up already if you're if you're listening or watching this. So um. Yeah, check it out. Take a look. And hopefully I made it to... I'm talking to my future self right now. Hopefully I made it to uh, Elite Smash with uh, uh, Mario. Yeah, uh, just to update you guys, we have an exciting uh, things coming up. Uh, with the release of Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond and Pearl, or Shining Pearl, we're going to have uh, one of our... We're going to have a, our first guest on the show. First guest, uh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's Kevin from Bidgeworthy Gaming. Uh, we will, with the release of that, we'll have him on the show and talk all about Pokemon stuff and his insight. Um, I'm excited, Kelv. Are you excited about having Kevin on the show? Oh yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Like I, not even just the whole Pokemon talk related things, but just it's just just shooting the shit. I feel like you know with Kevin, like this is gonna be the first time we just kind of like shoot the shit. We, I mean, we talk about we talk all the time, but this will be like our first like guest and and just us just it's gonna be about him so i I hope he's ready it's gonna be more about like you know what's his experience with this and how does he like pokemon and all this stuff like so i'm I'm just excited to like really dive into kevin's head guys check out his uh youtube channel uh it is binge worthy gaming listen it is truly binge worthy for sure right all right uh thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this podcast uh we put the podcast up every friday at 7 a.m uh we also post a snippet of the youtube of the podcast on youtube um every friday around 4 p.m if you want to check that out uh you know follow us on instagram and uh we're on spotify we're on apple uh music all the all the streaming platforms and thank you guys so much for the support um kelvin anything else before we leave we uh we stop the podcast uh no i just i know we have a few new listeners and new followers on youtube so just thanks guys thank you guys for following us and supporting us and i hope you enjoy our content all right guys uh have a good night and uh see you Kel. see you